Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. Well, I'm going to tell my story again tonight. You've already heard it, but I'm going to tell it again anyway. Somebody will be here that hadn't heard it for sure. I was in, in um, the Baca Valley in Lebanon several weeks ago, and uh, we're actually, as a church, supporting uh, Syrian refugees there. Actually, we are literally paying the rent on their tent, so to speak. It's not really a tent, but, you know, it, it's sort of a tent. Anyway, um, so I had the privilege of going down there and meeting with them. And then we had the opportunity to go to, a, to another tent um, that, uh, that these people had gotten saved because of the first tent. And so um, we went and sat down. You know, it's really not much to it. It's pretty sparse. You sit on little cushions on the floor, and they got a little heater, and that's about it. And, and um, so all these... Ladies kind of piled in there. I think it was nine of them, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember exactly, but they just kind of piled in there, and, and they're, you know, they're talking, and you don't understand most of what they're saying. And so somebody asked them, one of our team asked them, what's the most important thing that's happened since you got saved, since you made Jesus your Lord? And this lady, she just smiled, and they all kind of smiled and giggled a little bit. And this one lady said, we learned how to love. We did not know love. We did not even know about love. But when when we got saved, we knew love. We learned how to love. And I want to tell you, that stirred me up because I was embarrassed. I'm thinking, yeah, well, let me think about this. Do I really operate in that same excitement about love that they operate in? And am I really fulfilling what I'm supposed to do, walking in love? And so, you know, obviously I always go to the Word. And, and, um, and so I just kind of tell you this, the Lord gets on to me, I get on to you. Uh, just, just the way it is. And so... For the last few weeks, I've been just sharing with you some simple messages about love. And I just want to pick that up tonight, and I want to talk to you some more about it. And uh, I want to read uh, a portion of Scripture that we've read before, 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. I want you to listen to this, this uh, uh, message that John is writing. Beloved... Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. You ready? Now, now you've got to hear this, and you've got to hear the whole thing if you really want to understand what the Spirit of God's saying. He who does not love does not know God. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'm just reading the Bible to you. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. 
In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. All right, here it is. This is important. Listen, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love, now listen to this, has been perfected in us. Now, I just want to tell you, if you're reading that thinking you're perfect now, you're mistaken. (laughs) The word means complete. God's love is not complete until you love somebody. You can talk all you want about the love of God. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. I understand that. Thank God he does. But listen to me. His love is not complete until you love someone else. There is a divine circle of love and it goes from you, from God to you and you to someone else. And until you understand that, love is not going to really be a revelation to you because you think it's just God loving you. But there's a lot more to it. And I want to tell you something. I want you to listen to me carefully. It is extremely valuable in the eyes of the Lord Jesus that you walk in love. Don't make him have to write you a letter. Because he wrote one to the church at Ephesus. And I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. And I want you to listen to this. Uh, It's a message to the church at Ephesus. Now listen to what he said in verse 2 of of Revelation chapter 2. I know all the things that you do. I've seen your hard work. Your patience, I'm sorry, your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Now, I want to tell you, that sounds like a pretty good resume. But Jesus said, I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at the first. The new King James says, you've lost your first love. Now, you know, that's the primary reason for divorce in America is they lose that first love. They don't develop the love that they have. Becky and I almost lost that. And most of you know, you know, we were separated for uh, 14 months. God got us back together. But we found out that that first love was not enough, that we had to continue to develop our love toward one another, mature in our love toward one another, and grow in love toward one another. And Jesus is saying, 
You're missing it, church. Ephesus, I'm writing you this letter so you can go back to your first love. All the other things you're doing, wonderful, great, happy for you. But I have a complaint. Pretty strong. Pretty strong. So you need to understand and realize that when we talk about love, you can't lose the foundation of what you believe and who you are and go on and say, well, you know, I'm moving forward. Well, you're going to have to be moving forward in love. You're going to have to understand and realize that as long as you're a living, breathing Christian, you are a love animal. And it gets more and stronger. And I'll tell you, listen, there have been times that I, my love life has dipped. Any of you ever had those dips? The rest of your line. It, <laughs> we've all had those dips. But you've got to grab yourself and say, wait a minute. This is my responsibility. It's my job to walk in love. I'm not saying, well, you're not walking in love. Because listen, how many of you know what I'm going to say? If you're pointing your finger at somebody and saying they're not walking in love, you're not walking in love. Yet you don't know what they do. That has nothing to do with love. If it did, you wouldn't be saved because Jesus would have never come because they, God had plenty against you. Thank you for that wonderful. It says love is of God. The essence of love is God. The essence of God is love. You have to understand that. And, and there are lots of other characteristics of God. But, but listen, you can't say, well, God's a God of judgment. He's only a God of judgment because man fails to walk in his love and receive his love. I'm going to show you this tonight from the Word. I think it's going to help you. But when you make up your mind to be a, a, a love person, to walk in love toward one another... You'd be amazed at what God can do. Now, we've already gone over this, but I'm just going to hit, hit it real quick so you, so you can understand this. His divine demonstration of love exceeded anything man can comprehend. It exposed the world to something unattainable by any human. If you could have attained what God did, his love would not have maxed out. But his love maxed out because he did something that was beyond your ability. You could not attain forgiveness of sin. You could not obtain salvation on your own. But his love transcended what you could do and extended himself beyond that by giving Jesus. So that's good news. God loved, so God sent. Now, listen to me. Here's the key. Because, see, I, I really probably am not talking to, to very many people that should not already know this. Maybe there may be somebody out here that you're, you're just getting, it, getting your feet wet in the gospel. But you already are. Listen, if you're saved, you already ought to know love just by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Those women don't know the Bible. They don't even have a Bible. But they knew love. So, so but my point is... 
And I think for a lot of people who've, who've walked with the Lord for very long, we need to listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying. Because now God has given us a connection to the world, a supernatural connection to the world that, that, that cannot be comprehended outside the love of God. When you walk in love, guess what you're doing? You're bringing people under what? Yeah. Bringing them under your tree. Yeah. You're bringing them under your covenant. You're saying, listen, I'm exposing you to something you've probably never had in your whole life. Just love. Just, just wanna, I just want to help you. I want to bless you. Well, they're persecuting me. Well, the Bible says you're supposed to bless them. Well, they're my enemies. We'll love them. What are you doing? You are releasing something that God has given you through His Son that the world has no comprehension of. Well, I'm going to preach to them. You know what? Let me tell you. Most people respond more to love than they do to preaching. Well, but the Word is going to do it. Listen, if it's not given in love... Just a simple act of love. Now, I don't want to go preach what I preached the other night because it was really good and I'd like to preach it again, but, but I need to go on. But, but the point is, you've got to get a revelation, listen to me, that your connection to the world is the love of God. And it's not you telling people God loves you. It's you showing them God loves them because you love them. Because if they if you they hear you say God loves God loves you God loves you and then they, they watch you and you don't you're not walking in it something's wrong. Your divine connection with the world is love, over and above doing something that they don't realize is even anybody would even be willing to do. And you've got to find those acts of love. Those acts of kindness, and it gives you an unprecedented, uh, it, it gives you an unprecedented end to their lives. Well, they don't believe me. They're not going to accept it. They, listen, that has nothing to do with it. Nobody, everybody's not going to accept Jesus. Before I went into the ministry many years ago, I was, um, we just first moved back to Shreveport, I was actually a, sales manager for a communications company. And God had blessed me, and I'd done well. And so they had their national convention in New York, New York City, okay, for us in Louisiana. And, and so they asked me to speak at this convention. And we're talking about 5,000 people, businessmen, a lot of them from up in that area. And and one of the guys that I met right off the bat there was a guy, to me, he was, he was an amazing guy. He's a Jewish guy, young guy, top salesman in the company. Big, I mean, he was a high roller. And, and he, he was one of these guys that could just seem like he knew everything and could do everything. And not, not in a bragging way, he just was that kind of guy. He was talking about learning how to fly an airplane, and he flew by himself the second time he flew. First of all, I want to know who let him do that, but 
But he did. But the point is, he had that kind of capacity. Okay, I had nothing to give him. You know. You know. Understand intellectually, he we weren't on the same page. But I felt in my spirit, a tug in my spirit, that I needed to be able to to, to do something in his life. And I said, Lord, you got to show me what to do. Well, it just so happened we we sat at dinner together one night, and I heard him complaining. Now this is funny, but but just listen a minute. He, he he was complaining about his feet. Man, my feet are killing me. I don't know what's wrong, but they're hurting, and they're they I mean they're, they're killing me. Well. I just, I heard that, and it, it, you know, I didn't think anything about it, but I was in, I had to go to the drugstore, and I walked by this aisle, and they had this, I don't even know what it was called, but it was something that you put in the water to help relieve pain in your feet. I bought it. Now, I know this sounds a little squirrely, but you got, you got to understand, I, 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 I was looking for some way to impart this. I couldn't talk to him about much anything else. He, he already knew it. And I wasn't going to just go, you know, he's a Jew from New York. They already think people in the South go around barefooted and don't, you know, don't know anything. True. So I bought it. So I had an opportunity. I said, hey, man, I said, I know this sounds crazy. But I just wanted you to know, I, I heard, heard about your feet. And I saw this at the drugstore, and I thought it might work for you. Really? Yeah, just, God bless you. Just left. I mean, I didn't, I didn't try to invest any time in it. So I'm, I'm up to speak. Well, I don't, I don't have a clue what I'm going to say. You know, I mean, I went through my process of what I did, you know, because they wanted me to do that. But I said, but listen, let me just tell you, bottom line, the only reason I'm standing up here tonight is because of God. Because Jesus saved me and, and, and turned my life around, and God's, God's blessed my life. So I sat down, just so happened, I'm sitting up on the podium there thing. I'm sitting next to him, this guy. He leaned over and said, that stuff worked. <laughs> I said, good. And he said, Man, that was a good job tonight. Now listen, he heard something because of love. Just an act of kindness, just love. Beyond, over over and above. Now I'm not bragging on me. We ought to all be doing that. It ought to be part of our lives. Instead of getting consumed with our own lives and busy and we ought, to, we ought to be love people. We ought to be looking because that's our entrance. That's our entrance. You, you see somebody and, and you know, you know what? Man, they need Jesus. Well, are you in a love position to help them? Or have you violated love and you have no place there because you got ugly with them or something? Could you hand them one of those eggs with one of those cards and say, hey, man, we'd love to have you come <coughs> Easter. You, you have to put yourself in a position, and you do that by walking in love. And it's got to be supernatural. Everybody still here? Amen. All right. So listen, here, here's what I want, I want you to understand. And I don't want to get into this because 
It's a debt. We have to do it. It's not like you have a choice. You have to do it. I don't want to get into that, but you have, you have to do it. It's who you are. You can't get, listen, I know this sounds kind of harsh tonight. You can't get up here and talk about, I put my hope in you, I trust in your love, and, and you're going around acting like the devil. You think that's going to work? It's not going to work. Because it's not just about God's love. It's about what are you doing with it. Let me show you this from the Word of God. James chapter 2, verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do good. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as a transgressor. Whoever shall keep the whole law yet stumble at one point is guilty of all. He who said do not commit adultery also said don't murder. Now if you do not commit adultery but you murder, you become a transgressor of the law. All right, now listen to this. This is advice from an apostle. You ready? So speak... And so do as those who will be judged, everybody say judged, judged. by the law of liberty. Now that doesn't sound like it goes together, does it? Law and liberty. But the Bible says we will be judged by the law of liberty. Now I'm going to show you this, okay? So you, so you can understand it. It's, it is called the royal law. The royal law. It is, the word there actually means that by which a sovereign reigns. God reigns by love. It's the royal law. It covers everything. If you walk in love, you cover the Ten Commandments. You got it covered. You're not going to do any of that. Why? Because you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. This is what God lives by. You wonder why it's taken God this long and we still hadn't seen Jesus come back. Because he's working everything by love. And it takes longer to do it by love. If you don't believe it, go read the Old Testament where God got mad. God got mad. He said, Moses, I'm going to kill every one of them. Now, you'd be surprised. you think God would do that. Oh, yeah, he got, up. He got upset. I'm going to kill every one of them. But you know what, Moses, now, Lord, you know you can't do that. You know you can't do that. If you do that, everybody's going to talk about you, and everybody's going to say, you're not a good, you know, you're not a good God. You're not a God of justice. And you know what? The Bible says God repented. He said, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take the long way around. I'm going to, I'm going to do it in love. So I'm going to plan my love, my love expression and I'm going to do it in a way that's not going to violate anything. 
I'm not going to intervene. I'm going to send my son as a seed of man. I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in him. I have a right to do that. I'm going to do it right. And he did. He did. And it takes longer to do it that way. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for Jesus to come back. How about you? But you know what? How about those two billion people that aren't ready for him? Our heart ought to be, Lord, I'll hang in here with you. I'm going to walk in love with you. I'm going to hang in here with you. All right, so notice what it says. It says, let let me pick up in verse 11. Do not commit adultery. Don't murder. But if you do commit adultery, but you if you don't commit adultery, but you do murder, you become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Now listen to this. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is really important. See, listen to me. You think you're free. I'm free of the law. I'm free. I'm free. No, you're not. You're bound to a higher law. It's called the royal law of love. It's called the law of liberty. How does it work, Pastor? Listen to what it says. Listen, listen to what it says, and you, you'll get this, all right? If you, if you hear, what the, hear what it says, you'll get this, okay? Judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Let me, one translation says it this way. I think it's a Moffat translation. Show no mercy, get no mercy. That's the law of liberty. My goodness, it got quiet in here. You reap what you So you have to walk in love. If you don't show mercy, you don't get mercy. Yeah, but I'm a Christian. I know you're a Christian and you're not going to get any mercy. I'm not saying that. That's what the Bible says. There is a judgment, but it's not God's judgment. It's you judging yourself. Call the law of liberty. You want to be free? You want to be a happy camper? You want to be free from the law? You want to rejoice? Good. You better walk in love. You better walk in love because if you don't show mercy, you're bringing judgment on yourself. It's not anybody else, it's you. Show no mercy, get no mercy. But I like the last part of it. But mercy triumphs over judgment. One translation actually says that mercy laughs at judgment. So you might want to think how you're treating people. You might want to think how you're living your life. Because you're going to reap what you sow. Well, I don't want to reap what I sow. 
Well, the first thing you need to do is what Jesus told the church at Ephesus to do. Repent. That's still a Bible word, by the way. Okay. Repent and go back to what you know is right. Because some people think they can just do what they want to do and get away with it and treat people however they want and get away with it because they're a child of God and God loves them. Yeah, but there's another side of that, and it's called the law of liberty that we walk in, that we live in, that we have as our guide. Okay? Now listen to this. I want to give you some things that you need to know in order to let love be the answer in your life. Okay? And I'm going to get back on this at the end, but just hang on with me, okay? First of all, Romans 13, 8 says this. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. All right, listen to me a minute, okay? You got to hear this. Love is a debt that you have to pay. It is a lifelong debt that you have to pay. Right along with that 18% credit card you've been paying on for 10 years and still hadn't paid it off. Except it goes forever. You are required. You are responsible. It is a debt. If you are a child of God, if you are born of God, it is a debt to God that you must pay every day. Isn't it good you don't have to walk 10 miles, you know, barefooted over coals for for God to work in your life or get a beating every day just to prove that you love God. All you have to do is one thing. You have to walk in love. That's your debt. That's your debt. That's what the Word of God says. It says don't owe anybody anything except love. It's a debt. You owe it to humanity to love them. Why? Because Ephesians 2, 4, the Amplified Bible says, because of and in order to satisfy that great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. The moment you lose the love connection, you lose your ability to touch that person for Jesus. Please listen to what I'm saying. You can't live a frivolous life There's got to be love in your life. There's got to be love in your life. And it's not a choosing who you want to love. It'd be nice if we could do that. But that's not the way it works. Hallelujah. Second, you have to be responsible the way you judge people. Listen to what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says. I'm going to read several verses and I'm going to come back to it. Listen to this. For the love of Christ compels us. Now listen to what Paul said. Because we judge thus. 
All right, you listen to what he said. The love of Christ compels me because I make a right judgment. That if one died for all, then all died. That means if he died for all, then all died. In the eyes of God, he paid the price for every human being, whoever has lived, whoever is going to live, he's paid the price for them. They just don't know it yet. He died for all that those who live, guess who that is? Now, that doesn't mean talking about living naturally. That's talking about living in Christ. Those who live, you ready? Listen. Should not live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, I'm going to use this word, judge no one, regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have to judge the world as Jesus Dying for them. That means you got to look past a ton of stuff. Because you're not going to, there are people that you're going to judge worthless. No, not them. Mm-mm. Nope, not them. No, Christ died for every person. Now, my judgment of a person should be purely what God says. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that you put your trust in, in a bank robber because Jesus died for them. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have to judge them in that relationship where you can, where you can communicate with them not as a bank robber. You have to see past that. You've got to have a capacity to be able to, to judge people differently than what you're judging. And listen to me. I, I don't know whether you know this or not. This is probably a secret and probably nobody knows. Everybody watches what you write on Facebook. All those ugly judgments, snide remarks, stupid stuff. Well, that's just my opinion. Yeah, but you're a Christian. And that means you judge people differently. Well, they didn't treat me right. You judge people differently. Now, look, please don't misunderstand this. Paul wrote and warned about people that weren't, weren't living right. You know, he, he warned people about them. I'm not talking about not, not living a, a, a real life, but, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to be confronted with somebody, you're going to judge, you're going to want to judge them going to hell. They're on the fast track. Well, so were you. Whether you even realize it or not, so were you. Okay? So, you have to understand that you have to judge them properly. 
All right, the third thing I just read to you, I'm going to give it to you real quick, is this. Listen, you don't live for yourself. You can't live for yourself. Now, let me read you a scripture. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Right? Only do not use liberty as an opportunity. One translation says an excuse for the flesh. But through love... What? Serve one another. That's how you live. I know you're glad you came. Amen. Okay, the fourth thing is this. You have to, listen, number three, you have to judge people properly. You can't use your liberty as an excuse for selfishness. Listen to this. The fourth thing is you've got to let people become new creatures. One of my, one of my favorite Stories is, is was a longtime member of our church in, in heaven now, and I didn't know him before Christ, but his name was Tommy Hitchcock. And how many of you remember Tommy? Sweetest guy. You, you just the sweetest guy. But I want to tell you when I started listening to how he was before Christ, if I'd have run across him on the street, I'd have gone to the other side of the street. He was the meanest man in Cedar Grove. That's true. I, I'm telling you, he, he was bad news. I, 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 would, be, I would probably probably even be a little fearful even to try to talk to him because he's liable to just deck you. But yet that man got saved. And became one of the sweetest, kindest men you could ever imagine. You can't judge somebody. You've got to let them be a new creature. I didn't go around talking to Tommy about his past and how he used to live. And I let him be a new creature. And he blossomed as a new creature. I've told this story a lot of times before. But, but, but you know, when I got... Uh, before I got saved, I was in the restaurant and bar business. And a uh, pastor friend of mine, Happy Caldwell, he had gotten saved, but the Lord said, just stay with your business. He was a liquor salesman. He used to come sell liquor to me at my bar after he got saved. Well, we didn't realize it at the time, but later on we ran across each other, actually became good friends. And I asked him one day, I said, Happy, why didn't you tell me about Jesus? You would have saved me two years of heartache. And he laughed and he, and, and he said, Sam, you were so bad. I didn't think there was any way you'd listen. Now, see, he wasn't judging me correctly. He wasn't judging me correctly. You've got to be careful. Because that very one that you think is a hopeless case might be the next person to step over into Christ. So you've got to be very careful about that. You've got to know that and understand that. And, and listen, here's the thing you've got to hear. We have been called unto liberty. Only don't use liberty as an excuse for selfishness. All right, now listen to verse 14. I'm just about finished. 
For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All right, but now listen to the next verse. You ready? But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. See, there's another side to this thing. And I don't want to scare you into love, but if I can, I will. But you've got to understand the value in your life and the importance of it. It is not, listen to me, it's not going to be socially acceptable to walk in love because you can't defend yourself. You're going to find that there's going to, there are going to be times when, when it seems like love puts you in the worst place possible. Well, just think about this. Love put Jesus in the worst place possible. But here's the thing, last verse, last word. Love never fails. Never fails. You can be confident. If you walk in love, then that's all you have to do. It won't fail. It won't fail you. Don't get over there where you're using your liberty as an excuse for selfishness. And you get in contentions and you get into things. Look, I could tell you hundreds of stories how love overcame for me. Just because I wasn't going to fight. When you want to. But if you make up your mind you're going to walk in love, it never fails. It never, ever fails. Never fades out, never loses its power. Amen. Love's answer. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.